ready to do it? Mm-hmm. Ready to do this, Noel? I've got cookies in my mouth, but you guys do the intro, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the Movie Babies. I'm Devin. I'm Sean. And no, this... you gotta talk now. With <laughs> your mouth full. It's cookies in the mouth. Cookie oh, professional. Ooh, I'm <laughs> old. Well, we're off to a great start. It's not a regular episode. It's the special college years episode where we review not a trailer, but a full-length movie. But we did review this trailer before. Yes, let me look at my notes. <laughs> it's Mortal Engines. You don't have to look that up. <laughs> we reviewed Mortal Engines a couple On episodes back. Episode 46, Noel was our guest. Yep. He's back. We saw the movie opening night, I believe. Close oh, to it. Close right. to it. <laughs> it was pretty dead. Yeah, yeah, not a lot of people. Yeah. And we'll we'll discuss that, but yeah, we reviewed the Equalizer 2 and Mortal Engines. Yeah. Noel, you're back. We saw the film. We're, we're back because mm-hmm. we're in Noel's happy space. Yeah. Give a give a quick rundown on the happy place. Well, so uh, it's pretty much a place that you can go and you know, if you have work to do, you could do that there. Or if you don't want to do your work and you need to get away from it, you could come here because it's not so much of a professional office as a semi-professional office. So people who have a job where they you know, don't necessarily have to go to a place if they're just doing it online or if they're working for themselves, you know, they might be going to coffee shops and spending a lot of money on fancy coffees and dealing with the judgment of the other people in there if they're sitting at their table too long or what have you. Um, the Happy Place was sort of conceived as an alternative. Um, it's a new hip thing called co-working and mm-hmm. um, we're not doing it very seriously. So <laughs> you can come on down here and just like see what it's like if that's of any interest. And you know, don't don't come unless you're serious about it, is Whoa. what I would say. Damn. No, I don't know what was more confusing. The script for motor engines or your description of what the happens. <laughs> it's a sales is. pitch that's like, please don't come here if if you're trying to go for the professional vibes. Yeah. So Semi-professional only. So my understanding was it was like creative space, but you could do regular work here and too. Yeah, it's it's sort of tailored towards creative people because the, the uptight aspect of many offices stifles the creativity. It's like so it's like the schools where it sounds you like s- detention. <laughs> like you can come and you can do your work or you can just walk off. Yeah. Okay. They have the bouncy chair. You can take a nap in your chair. It's fine. <laughs> uh, and it's over it's located downtown Bellingham. They have a website happy-place.co there it is but that's not what we're discussing today today we're discussing more engines um moral engines (laughs) mortal (laughs) engines based off of four novels by philip reeves peter jackson writes this director is chris christian rivers first time director Mm. yeah seems that way he won an Academy Award for Best Visual Effects on King Kong. And now they gave him a movie. How did he do? Let's when get does, to it. When does Peter Jackson's catering service get to direct their own movie? <laughs> what beloved franchise are they going to inherit? Yeah. Well, and Peter Jackson's been sitting on this movie since 2009. Interesting. Oh, so when did the books come out? Let's kind of get our yeah. timeline. All right. So... The Mortal Engines 
uh, yeah, the Quartet of the Mortal Engines or the Hungry City Chronicles mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, is Mortal Engines, which came out in 2001. Okay. The sequels, Predator's Gold, 2003, Infernal Devices, 2005, and A Darkling Plane, 2006. So these are all kind of 9-11 inspired. Oh, okay. yeah. You could say. This, this time the cities fight back. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, and then it took him that long to figure out that YA was hot for Hollywood until it wasn't anymore to actually make... <laughs> and then he just dumped it to his visual effects guy. You do this. I don't. I got the rights. I don't, I don't want to do it. I meant to watch an interview of him and the cast that IMDb was making me, suggesting that I watch, just to see what his, like his serotonin levels were about the whole thing. I didn't do it. I'm Peter really Jackson curious. or the author? Yeah, Peter Jackson. Yeah. I hear the author was like, thumbs up. He's into it. He said they did a fantastic job and it had the perfect pace and genuine emotional core. Oh. There are some changes, but it's fundamentally the same thing. Okay, I'm, I, I'll preface this by saying I'm not sure. But to me, that sounds like a guy who got paid a lot of money and then had to wait nine years anticipating whether or not his idea was even going to make it to the big screen. You know. And now he wants more people to buy the books because they're going to be better, probably. But yeah. if he says the movie sucks, then, you know. Well, you, yeah. you know that guy, too, when he wrote the books in 2001 was like, I want to make a movie out of this. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Bizarre. So, yeah, it just seems like pretty late to the party on this and that those types of children's book or teen books to screen adaptations, the teen to screen, if you will, Mm -hmm. was kind of over. It was canceled. The general public is on your side, Sean, because this movie ba-ba-bombed. Damn. It grossed over $56 with a budget of a hundred million and losses for the studio being as much as 150 million. Ooh. Did Oops. not do well. Yeah, it's a it's a real bummer because you want at some at one point you kind of want to be like, well, I haven't heard of that. It's a it's somewhat new material or new property kind of hitting the screen rather than like it's Deadpool or whatever. Right. right. So you kind of want to champion the like, oh. Cool. The weird, big-budget temple thing. There's not a lot of Predator City movies out there. No. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, no. Except for that. A lot of Predator movies. Yeah, a lot of Predator movies. I think we talked about this last time. Except yeah. for that Monty Python sketch. Oh, yeah. Um, Still don't look that up. The, 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 the ship cities, the pirate... What is it called? The Crimson? Uh, so it's a, it's a segment in, in The Meaning of Life... And it's basically like this big conglomerate corporation building gets pirated by this kind of uh, old man brigade of uh, accountant pirates. And they like use filing cabinets as like cannonballs and like mm-hmm. receipt uh, pikes as like stabbing weapons. And, 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 and I like the idea as like corporations as these mobile attack technodromes. And I guess that's what countries are, cities are, whatever. Like that's it works analogously, but like I kind of feel like this movie was like somebody watched that and they're like, oh, we should just make a movie of that. Yeah, but let's take out all the interesting things. They kind of did gut the like 
social commentary aspect pretty quickly because they abandon that whole metaphor of like the roving cities so fast. I guess that's a good place to start. Yes. How when we reviewed the trailer, we were like, oh man, it's just Fury Road. It's just those cities driving around. There's one scene in this movie where that happens. One scene. (laughs) And I will say this. It's the best scene of the movie. As far as coming in with an expectation, yes. You're like you're met with like, oh, this is what I signed up for. It's Mario Kart with cities. Cool. And then when that stops happening, and then 45 minutes of that not happening, and then the full other 85 minutes of it not happening, you're like, oh, I was missold this product. Well, and you kind of see where the director shines in his visual effects, because I think the visual effects for that opening are pretty great, too, with the cities, the scales of the big city London chasing after some smaller cities. Mm-hmm. Um, the cities, like, collapse into each other and, like, fold and twist. Yeah, and so like, so, like, people are, like, falling off, the, getting, like, flung off the city and, like, getting smushed into, like, the mechanics of the city folding into each other. And so it's pretty, like, exciting. Yeah, there's a chase scene that runs through it while it's happening. You know, mm-hmm. that was, you're like, you see the city get pulled in, and then all of a sudden people are running through the city that's being ingested, mm-hmm. digested by the, the, you know, the predator city. And uh, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's visually spectacular. And if there was just more of that, at least I would have... One, I, I don't feel like it would have been bored. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 as soon as it became airships and like, I mean, you're sold on this whole concept of like, okay, they call it in the movie, uh, what is it called? It's uh, a municipal Darwinism. Yes, oh, this municipal city. Darwinism. <laughs> Do you want to explain to us what municipal Darwinism so, is? So in nature, yeah. there are different municipalities, <laughs> and. You know, over time, um, the ones that are better at driving around the <laughs> landscape and eating the other cities are the ones that are ultimately going to survive the course of history. If you're a municipality and you're not driving around and eating other municipalities, then, you know, you're, you're just going to go the way of the dodo. Yeah, it's a hungry, hungry hippos kind yeah. of economy. <laughs> yeah. So we, that is kind of potent with the most kind of like awe and wonder when you see the trailer you're like well that's interesting like okay so they they mechanize these cities they're they're movable so and then they've got to guzzle up these resources like oh yeah that's kind of like really wasteful and that's kind of like a lot of modern life so like mm-hmm. wonder what they're gonna have to like say about this but it's not that movie because you gotta remember it's a tween movie so their whole prerogatives to tell this like blossoming coming-of-age story that they kind of fumble and don't really unravel very interestingly of these two kids one wants revenge and one wants to just like figure out how the world works and then for some inexplicable reason they fall in love and all those things stumble and trip over each other and you know you don't know what mortal engines is actual conceit is you're just like oh and then it's just inexplicably becomes Star Wars at one point. It's so Star Wars. We will put a pin on that because we will get there. Uh, So one of of the questions in our original reviews was A, what do we think the 60 minute war is? And B, (laughs) 
What do we think cities eating each other means? Mm. What, which one do you want to tackle? Okay, so the 60-minute war, as far as we get in the opening narration, is exactly what we get in the trailer. They're just like... Mm-hmm. It took 60 minutes for the world to come to an end. You know, like, there's not a whole lot. They're, they show some purple explosions. Which uh, are electrical explosions. Some kind of... They're not nuclear, because... Right. The city, or the world still has vegetation and shit. Like, they they haven't, like, nuked the world. Right. But there's, like, technological meltdown and, like, some there's some reason why they have to rove around. Mm-hmm. I'm, trying to th- I'm trying to look up what the film explanation was. It was... Because I have the book version. They didn't really explain it. Yeah, it was something to do with, like, yeah, some sort of technological, like... Detonation or something. Detonation or, like, some sort of, like... It was purple, though. But here's the first difference between the book and the movie. Uh In the book, what causes the 60-minute war is massive geological upheaval. Earthquakes, volcanoes, and all these things happen at once, I guess. Oh, it's an act of God So it's kind of an act of God, which kind of destroys all of, like, North America. So that's, like... The dead zone. That's why New York City isn't just like chomping London. Yeah, so like all North America's gone. London has survived. Um, Some, let's see, the municipal Taoism has spread across the world except for Asia and parts of Africa. So we kind of see that as a twist in this movie because that was not in the trailer. And, and, and so you're kind of sold into this world where that's ha- that's how it operates. Is it's just like everybody has mobilized, and it's Fury Road. And but we find out pretty quickly after that scene that there's these anti-traction anti-tractionists. Factions. Yeah, anti-tractionists yes. who are just like, no, we're not going to drive around. We're going to stay put. Yeah, and it's like there's a lot of them, and the, there's a bunch of them behind this wall, and there's a bunch of them in the air, and you're like. This isn't a tra- traveling city movie. This is just a couple knuckleheads are driving in a city <laughs> like idiots, and everybody else is like, no, don't. we're not going to do that. You don't have to do that. There's a couple of those like little house cars or like little uh, compound cars. Yeah. There was the one that was a caterpillar yeah. that they get in one time, and it like blends into the ground. It kind of burrows a little bit. Yeah. Which, no, what you called in the... Uh, trailer episode mm-hmm. where you said wouldn't it be cool if there was like tunneling cities tunneling cities there was there was there was like a weird caterpillar it wasn't as cool as I was thinking it was going. <laughs> yeah it's just a big disappointment to know that like there wasn't like a Leeds and Sheffield and like you know other little cities like driving around too it was just pretty much London and this weird like Bavarian mining town that they immediately yeah. beat they had to ditch the salt, right? They're like, get rid of the salt. It's too heavy. Throw the salt overboard. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't help. Didn't help. Yeah. It's just, it was weird. And I think they were just trying to express, like, how ridiculous and wasteful powering these machines were. Because they were, like, the, the infighting between the mayor of the city, the, like, Lord Curmudgeon or whatever... And then the our main villain, Hugo Weaving, I can't remember his name. Valentine. Valentine is like this kind of like, well, we gotta just keep on keeping on. 
just eat a city, collect its resources, but those resources aren't going to last forever. We know, but we're not going to last forever either, so it doesn't matter. And it's like, fuck, okay. That's, you're expending a lot of effort on this thing that's like very unsustainable. Everybody seems to know it. But the townspeople, every time they cut to like public opinion, yeah. it's just shots of people like American Gladiators. They're just yeah. like, yeah, yeah we eat that city. Yeah. <laughs> So ridiculous. <laughs> so the the What's politics funny, though, is that no. it's not like a massacre. Like they try to they show this little scene where the people are being integrated into London. You know, like right. the people who got pulled in on this city that's being devoured are like, here's your new home. These are the rules. Yeah, and uh, kind of like a border crossing yeah. kind of. Well, they don't even seem yeah bum about it. It's like the so people... Finally, we're in a better city. Yeah, it yeah. seems like yeah. they're all okay with it, which is like, maybe you should have done that in the first place. Right. And they're like, you might be... Sep- children might be separated from their parents or whatever. Oh, that's right. It's like, oh, okay, a little Trump thing. But then the guy's like, no, no, everybody's going to get food. Everybody's going to be cool. It's like, oh, this is like Ellis Island. Everybody's just kind of like, welcome in, and here's your... Which is uh, also which is also fun. strange because yeah you think if we're presenting London as kind of like more of the villains, mm-hmm. then you think the people they take on would be like slaves or like you know be doing the dirty work or something. But it's just more mouths to feed. Yeah, which they just take on yeah. more people. <laughs> which is and yeah, this is such a bad plot point. And then they junk all their tech. So this is the thing that I don't really So how do they eat each other? Yeah. This is, let's get into that. Okay. So they're ransacking each other for resources. So I guess like the salt or whatever was important. Um, but, and, and then they take on all these people, which I guess is a workforce. But then they're like, because there's no technology, which doesn't make sense because they're all running technology constantly throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're like going through these scrap heaps and there's like our main dipshit dude is like the historian Tom Tom who's like collecting little nuggets of for a museum toasters toasters and shit yeah. for old tech <laughs> minions Min- minions the minions the, the like weird like God it's not even text. like what the fuck is that they're just weird culture things and like whatever and it's not really ex- explains like what their purpose is other than just like remember when like weird nostalgia hall but it doesn't yeah it's like then they like grind it up and fuel the reactor with this thing i don't do you know it's just a big blender it's like a big blender of all the stuff in the city and they don't seem to care about keeping the like tech because our main character tom has to like run there before they destroy it all mm. so it's, they don't even seem that interested in like let's take the city and get all the important valuables it's just like no we're just gonna put it in this blender and like get like a couple drops of oil or something I don't know it's, it's, un, it's still unclear Quite. like what the eating process they, actually involves they had the word ingestion in there and so you know that's it's it's suspension of disbelief. Why even like use oh, that imagery? They just ingested say, it. Just say that of like course. the city's like 
destroys the other city and then like rummages through and steals their tech and resources. The like, way that it gets chewed up, there's just no chance that that giant, stuff is getting saved. It's yeah. just giant teeth, too. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's weird. And and I and you think like, okay, so that's there's commentary there. They're like they're like intentionally highlighting how wasteful of a process mm-hmm. it is. But no, that's not really yeah. the intention of the movie. They don't really slant it that way. It's just kind of like this accepted like no, that's what they're hoarding is this like power to consume, and it's like that's really vapid. Like, yeah. what else you got for me? And they got a lot more because un- instead of developing that interesting idea, they then just beeline to a Terminator shows up. Robot zombie. Should we talk about the robot zombie? It's written on the board. We should probably talk about. It. <laughs> okay. Well, one thing I will say about the robot zombie, not shown in the trailer. A complete surprise that there's a robot zombie in this movie. But it's in the book, right? It's in the book. That he appeared, if I'm not mistaken, Mm -hmm. is we're just, we don't know what's happening. No. We're looking out at the water, right? And this thing just climbs up out of the water. Hard cut. And then just goes, (laughs) and screams. And we were all just like, what? I I wish it was that cool because that actually is more compelling. But. There was a tiny bit of groundwork prior to that, so (laughs) (laughs) right before that happens, Hugo Weaveling, who has just thrown out our hero and villain, which we haven't even talked, our two hero kids, which we haven't really talked about because they're so dumb and not noteworthy. But they're left for dead, but he, he they're caught on drone that they're still alive. Uh-huh. And then he's like talks to Digits, his like tech gal, and is like, we gotta she's like, there's this workforce of resurrected, unkillable machines, aka Terminators, mm-hmm. who one of which is housed in this super jail out in the middle uh, of the ocean. Super jail. And right. this particular one has a big crush on Hester, yeah. our main chick. So they're <laughs> like, unleash, on go her. unleash this Terminator uh-huh. so he can find them because apparently he's got like some miracle ability to like track her. And and remember he's like screaming her name. Yeah. Hester! Yeah. yeah. It's like so ridiculous. And then he bur- they like torpedo his cell. And then he bursts out, and that's when he comes out of the... Did I fall asleep? You might have. You might have. We were in shifts on this movie. I remember, you know, when he comes out of the water and he's screaming her name, and I just remember my thought process at that moment was like, what the fuck? What is happening here? It's a hard, like, 180 turn. Like, all of a sudden, we have the Terminator in this movie without not much build-up. There is some differences between the book version and the film version on that character. Let's hear it. So so his name is Strike. 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 You pronounce that word for me. Shrike. Shrike. Shrek. Shrek. Yeah. Let's just call him Shrek. Okay. Yeah. So Shrek, in the movie, um, his backstory is he raises Hester mm-hmm. and makes little girl Hester mm-hmm. promise him that he can turn him into a mindless machine like him. Like, let me take your memories away, Hester. Become a machine like me. Young Hester promises this. Mm -hmm. I guess he's old now. Mm -hmm. Old Hester promises this, then finds out London is nearby Mm. and Valentine is on there, the person who murdered her family and gave her the scar. We saw it in the trailer. So she's like, runs away, and this enrages 
uh, Shrek yeah. to the point where now he's like, you broke your promise. I need to murder you. Well, we don't know what his intentions are. Well, maybe to turn it, maybe yeah. turn back. She turn has to get killed in order to be turned into the thing, right? Yeah, that's yeah. true. So he wants to murder her to turn her into the thing, yeah. to make her keep the promise. In the book, it's the same thing where Shrek raises Hester. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she runs away, I believe. And then the Lord Mayor of London who is Chrome, who is the guy who's above Valentine right. in the movie. He's like the emperor. The emperor, mm-hmm. yes. Um, he convinces him, uh, Shrek, that he's going to make more stalkers, more more of his kind oh, for London. Okay. Yeah, and... And that's um, appealing for some reason? Yeah, because then... So then Shrek is like, I'm going to go find Hester to turn her into this machine. Okay. So that's why he's chasing her in that one, is okay. that he's like, you ran away, but don't worry, we can make more of us. Because we'll be a family. The family. So he's like chasing after her. And then he meets her, and like where he dies on the airplane, I guess. Yeah. And he's like... Um, Hey, do you want to be a machine with us? The emperor promised he'd make us machines. And she's like, yeah, that sounds good. And so she says that, and then Tom kills Shrek before it can happen. Oh, okay. Because he's like, don't yeah, don't take her away from me. I, I guess. Uh, this, this is the this Wikipedia. All kinds of weird... Anti-feminist <laughs> propaganda. <laughs> There's a okay, so yeah, that's problematic. Let's just skip to this. Okay. The Tom character and this um, Hester character. If we believe what I read in Wikipedia to be true, mm-hmm. that he kills the robot after Hester said, "Yes, I want to do what you want to do." Yeah. He, uh, at the end of this movie, Hester decides to forgive. Valentine and let him win. Uh, let him live. Okay. Do you forgive, remember that? F- forgive him for, for killing his, her mother. Yeah. Okay. And so, like, she has a chance to kill him, and then mm-hmm. she's like, "No, I'm not gonna do it. I'm better than that." Yeah. But then fucking Tom mm-hmm. goes ahead and kills him, knocking him down, and like he gets smushed under the city. Right, but he lives. No, he crashes the plane and he gets run over. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. But it's just another moment of like Hester you just undercut your hero. Yeah, decides like you know what? No, I'm gonna be the bigger woman and mm-hmm. not kill him. And then fucking Tom's like, no, 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 I know better. <laughs> this yeah. guy needs to die. So I'm really curious how this plays in the book and garnered any public support as a franchise because from the movie. For like our little Oculus into that universe for the for the movie offers is mm-hmm. from the jump from the trailer you're like oh she's a supreme badass she's like been on this revenge mission probably her whole young adult life yes. like probably had to survive in this nuclear wasteland well psych it's the normal she's Mad Max like she's Mad Max yeah. she's like all bundled up like I think I read something about like in the book she's like even missing her nose and an eye and she's like. Very scarified. Very controversial. Yeah, and so, and so, you think like, oh, she's just gonna be like this extremely self-motivated, capable character that's gonna be pretty exciting to watch unfold. Like, do I commit revenge or not? Like, mm-hmm. that's gonna be the thing. And then she 
constantly just gets the ball toy taken from her from like Tom's just yeah. hapless decision making that like usurps anything that she decides to the like rockabilly haircut gal Fang. Fang, yeah. Fang, yeah. Who's like, no, I'm the supreme badass of the movie. Look at my long red coat. You just yeah. have a scarf that's red. I have a long red coat. It's I'm true, really yeah. The bad guy. They're the cool one in this movie. And so you're like, oh, it's is it is she the supreme badass? Is she the Terminator in this movie? Oh wait, there's another Terminator <laughs> in this movie. Like, yeah. uh, it's so convoluted, and it's like, all it does is just like turn her into like a. Bella from Twilight, where she's just like, this or this? Hmm, I don't know. I'll let the men decide. Like, it's so dumb. It's really problematic. And also, like, so the other film female lead in this, uh, Catherine Valentine, which is the daughter of uh, Hugo Weaving, Mm -hmm. also this gets her story gutted from the book. So now she's just kind of doing this weird side mission where she's with the engineer guy mm-hmm. that she meets and they're trying to like figure out what her dad's doing. But it's like such a mindless side side task. adventure. Yeah. Cause they're like, they think like, oh, there's some conspiracy about the chapter, uh, the, what is it called? It's the famous like church or whatever that. Oh, the saint. St. Peter's home for wayward girls. Like, that there's some type of, like, what's he building in there kind of thing. Which Up at the top of the city. Okay, it's in the top of the city. And it's like, that's where they're building this Medusa Mm -hmm. technodrome weapon. But we already know that that's what's going on. So their side quest is, like, completely unnecessary. Yeah, so boring to watch. And all it does is result in her being, like, I'm suspicious of my father. Oh, my father's doing bad stuff? He's not my father anymore. She's just like straight up disowns him with no like allegiance of bloodline or anything like of any kind. I know that's kind of hack too, but like of any interest, she just like turncoats immediately. She's like, oh my, my dad's a bad guy. We need to stop him. Like, it's, I don't, okay. You're just like a character that doesn't need to be here. Uh, another, another difference from book to film in the book, she dies. Ooh. In the book... Doing what? So in the book... Is her dad killed? dies of boredom. <laughs> she's doing a little more, like, investigating. And then at the end... Um, let's see. Forget how she dies. It's basically she self-sacrifices herself mm-hmm. where her dad ends up accidentally killing her. And she falls on to the Death Star weapon, basically uh, breaking it. And and that's what saves the day. And in this one, she does nothing. She survives, I guess, but nothing she did was of note. No, I mean, I guess she was somewhat a part of, like, she was on the comm with Tom at the end being like, she was like, they're like, she was like, light up the eyes, boys. Like she was the one who was like letting them know how to like what the weakness of the Medusa right. eye was, which also made no sense because it was like, how do you, how did you know who you were talking to on the radio? It just, I don't know. So bizarre. Uh, Noel, what do you got? What do you want to dive into? Well, I would say that 
there were too many things. But <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to not address the eBay joke because that was oh, yeah. one of the moments at which I was like, okay, a lot of topical references. Is, there's clearly too many people trying to control the direction of this movie. Yeah. So set, set the stage for this. So they um, are heroes. The uh, um, Tom and Hester mm-hmm. are kidnapped or they they take refuge in a caterpillar city that then turns out to be a kidnapping organization Mm -hmm. that uh, tricked them into sleeping in the bunk that locks from the outside and then they find themselves at a slave auction Mm -hmm. where they're you know in this row of people that are being sold to different uh different bidders that look kind of like yeah they look like mad max characters yeah um and this is when we meet was it fang yeah yes and um she shows up in the middle i think it was it hester on the block yes yes and uh, she shows up and she starts bidding on hester but then it devolves into a into a little bit of a skirmish or something and she says she says like we'll all have to do this auction buy it now Something, what did she say? Yeah, Something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Okay, so that's her big hero. <laughs> <laughs> so, in a society where it's been hundreds of years since there was an eBay, they don't even know what a minion is. They don't know. They think minions are our gods. They're super removed from technology. Nowhere in their vernacular would be this concept of buy it now or Netflix and chill or anything like that. But. Our supreme badass waltzes in, and her like Terminator one-liner to the cannibal who she's co-bidding against for the purchase of this child is, how about I just buy it now? How about that? And like blows the dude's head off. <laughs> and, and like kind of winks at the camera. Yeah. Like, yeah. Total an acknowledgement that that was an eBay joke in a universe where you shouldn't know about eBay. Yeah. Here's another one. Noel, do you remember the Twinkie scene? Twinkies. Oh. It's when Tom and Hester are first like kicked out of London and they're like trying to survive yeah. the the desert. Oh yes, they they make a joke about how this food never goes bad or like it's right. What was it? You may remember this joke as told by the film Zombieland. Yeah. Yeah. Much more efficiently. And Zombieland too, it's such a like crucial part. Yeah. It's like like, it's part like of his character motivation is like <laughs> finding these Twinkies and they're always not where he expects them to be. Yeah, it's I the ho hos in the in the Twinkie truck, right? Yeah. I forgot about that. The fact that this movie's like stepping on territory that's already it's already a tired joke in Zombieland because you're like, yeah, Twinkies punch up, I guess. Like, what? Well, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, it's garbage food. Like, don't. We're but not it'll, defending that. Like, at least what's his name? Woody Hell Harrison's like uh, charismatic enough where he kind of makes it work. He sells it, yeah. yeah. And so you love it, and it's and it's a it's a running gag, and it works really well. And in this movie, as soon as they pull out a Twinkie, you're like, I remember this scene from Zombieland and then when they go on to be like yeah these things have lasted for 200 years they taste great it's like, so such a long scene mm-hmm. you see him like slowly opening the plastic you see him like commercial like close up stuffing it down his throat he's licking his fingers it's like move on movie and they kind of wink at the camera too they're like look we're making fun of Twinkies because they're like they're like the cockroach of food it's like yeah we know <laughs> they tried to cancel Twinkies and they couldn't because <laughs> even 
even the creators like yeah even the creators of Twinkies were like we created a monster yeah. we gotta pull the plug and kill it they couldn't kill yeah. it yeah just very bizarre pop culture unnecessary pop culture humor in a humorless anti-pop culture atmosphere like there wasn't a lot of jokes in this movie and then when they tried to take a stab at a joke, they were like, it's yeah. a Minions joke. And you're like, well, hold on. That's very specific. It's disappointing. So the main character, Tom, I recognized from a sh- British show called Misfits. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Have you seen that one? Yeah. And he's, like, surprisingly funny in that show. He's kind of he's kind of just, like, a gross teenager. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's really, like, crude. But he's charismatic enough where you still end up liking him. Mm-hmm. And typically, I hate characters like that, but I really enjoyed him in that show. So when I saw him as the lead, I'm like, okay, this has hopes because he's pretty charming. Mm-hmm. Zero charm yeah. in this movie. I don't know if that's the way he was directed, the way he was written, because I know the guy has chops to pull off yeah. kind of a role like that. Everybody was very underwhelming, and there was just no chemistry of any kind no. between the romance or the villain-hero relationship, and everyone's kind of, like, separated through a lot of the movie, too, so it's there's just not a lot of... Too many side plots. Yeah, there's not a lot of opportunity for, like, uh, ensemble scenes for people to relate. There's just a lot of, like, you go that way, I'll go this way. Okay, see you in five, like... It's, there's not much to go off of. The runtime of this was really long for the amount of stuff that actually gets done. Too. Yeah. Wasn't it like two twelve or something? No, it's like long enough for me to like doze off a little you bit. Fell asleep a little bit. Two hours and eight minutes. Yeah. Unnecessary. This is the, the two hour and eight minute war that destroyed us all. All right. Here I wrote down some. Um, topics. Maybe we can pick one. Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, differences from the book and movie. I wrote down summaries of every book and what happens in it. And also, I have a topic called hack writing. Hack writing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm inspired by the the latter. Let's let's I'll take hack writing for five hundred. Yeah. Well, we touched upon the love story, mm-hmm. which just does not work. It's it's basically like in one sentence, like oh, we're a couple now. They tried to they tried to make it work by Tom continuing continuing to like save or sacrifice himself. To kind of help um, Hester, mm-hmm. but and that's kind of what wins her over. But yeah, it's they're trying to do the thing where it's like sh- her main motivation is revenge, but will he melt her heart with his like haplessness? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I guess he somehow manages to because by the time the Terminator's like, I'm gonna kill this guy. And, and and she's like, don't, please don't do that. And he's like, oh, you love him? You, this is your, <laughs> this is the love of your life? And she's like, 
Yeah. <laughs> and then that's it. They're like destined to be together. But the vice versa was funny too, where the guy wanted to kill the robot. She was like, no. Yeah. Don't kill him. He's like my father. And then they just kill him. I kind of like Sean's uh, twist where they're in a love relationship. With the robot, the robot? Hester? Hester? Hester and the robot maybe Ooh, have fascinating. Like, kind of like a will they, won't they. Mm. I mean, I, I guess from his perspective, that's what it was because he was like, I'll turn you into an automaton like me and then we'll be together. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. then it's not taboo. But it's <laughs> We're not... pretty rapey anyway. He's not Jude Law and AI, you know. He's no he's no suave uh, right? yeah. sex robot sex dude. No. Yeah, he's literally like the boyfriend outside your window just like, take me back! Hester! <laughs> with you, I know it! Hester! <laughs> Yeah, it's so terrifying. But then it's like, okay, so he exhibits that behavior the whole time. But then he gets rewarded for being like, oh, but he was sweet. He wanted to kidnap and turn her into a robot. That's sweet. Which brings me to hack riding number two. Yeah. Shrek dies from a broken heart. <laughs> <laughs> he is an unstoppable Terminator who has like had bombs and bullets thrown yeah. at him. Nothing hurts. The finale scene with him is he confronts Hester and finds out like you love him in in regards to her and Tom and then instantly dies. Did he yank his own heart out? I don't... If he did, that is not clear. I think he did. I want to say... I think we were both asleep at this point, but I think... He was un- he was unstoppable, and the only way he was stopped was I think he like punched through his own chest and pulled out his robot heart. What? I think that's what happened. I think this was a did dream. someone shoot him or? No, I think he, he was did. killing everyone. Yeah, no. And, and that, then Sean, <laughs> I pray that that's what happened. This because is a Mandela that, effect kind of situation we don't know. You have to, yeah, because your brain is like, you know, like how sometimes your brain tricks you by filling in like yeah. things. This doesn't make sense, so my yeah. brain will fill it in. My, that's much of what happened is that your brain went, why mm. did he die? It doesn't make sense. He must have grabbed his heart and smushed <laughs> it. But I'm pretty sure from my memory is that like he, he just decided to like shut down somehow and he okay. died and. Uh, it was, um... Well, that's some ex- do ex machina, if, if you will. Pun intentional. Yeah. Uh, number three for hack writing. <laughs> the mother's name is Pandora. Pandora. She, Hester's mother? Hester's mother's name is Pandora, who Valentine kills because she has a secret, um, what's the bomb's name? Oh, the Medusa bomb? Medusa Death Star. Mm-hmm. She has it. Well, she has the the kill switch. She did. Yeah. She no both. Oh, that's she right. She okay. discovers the actual like missing piece to make this bomb, and her name is Pandora. That's called a Pandora's box. <laughs> so, as I recall in the flashback, Hugo is like the. Stepdad. Like, stepdad, boyfriend. Yeah. Like the weekend yeah. boyfriend. He's the Gary. He co- okay, so he comes in to like scrog mom on the weekends while Hester's like a child witnessing this bizarre. Like, where's we never know who her father is or anything. No. But then we do, which is like, oh, they issued this really ass backwards. 
And and then as soon as this guy who's like, who's like we understand like loves her mother, yes, and is like in awe of her like ability to like find all these artifacts and like you know all of her skill set. He's just like super hyped on her. Sees that she's like uncovered this nuclear device and then is like. No, I'm I'm willing to kill you for this yeah. thing. It's such a turn. And so hunt down the girl. Yeah, and then like Where? slash the girl with a knife, and then when she runs away, hunt her down. It's like, okay, I, I I guess he just really wants this bomb. It's gonna make his Predator City so much cooler. Yeah, it's you don't even get enough time with him to like hear his monologuing to be like, oh, this is a good reason for why he would. For instance, turn on his family and try to kill his daughter, and you know because he needs to do this thing. Wait, so the, does that make Hester and Catherine sisters? They're half sisters. Okay, that's I just put that. We're getting ahead that's, of ourselves yeah, into the Star Wars territory. Yeah, yeah. we're getting into Star Wars. Okay, so I just want to. Yeah, I'm like, it doesn't track. Pandora's box. Pandora. Yeah, it's anti-traction storytelling. Also, yeah, you mentioned the key. This is an invention from the film. Again, in the book, Catherine, the the daughter of Valentine, sacrifices herself to stop the weapon. In this one, the mother gives young Hester a necklace. What's this necklace? Is it going to be important? Maybe? Finds out it's the some sort of self-destruct code mm-hmm. to stop the weapon. Yeah. Yeah, it's like what? The, it's like the handbrake for the I don't, laser. But it doesn't make it doesn't make sense because what, from my understanding, what Pandora had was just like a piece he needed to um, complete Power his weapon. weapon. <laughs> so that means Pandora knew. That maybe he was making this weapon and didn't say anything before because she decides to somehow make a code to right. disassemble it. A weapon it. that hasn't been built yet, she builds like a little, <laughs> like an off switch. USB. Or, yeah. Yeah. And then also, when they do that scene, when she discovers it, it's like she discovers it for the first time. Because he's just standing in there with her, and she's like, oh, what do you find? And she's like, I don't know. Let me look. And then it dawns on her what she has, and that's when he murders her. Right. So, again, when does she make this self-destruct code and put it in a necklace and make a USB Mm. of it? Doesn't make any sense. All right. Last one. Yeah. Um, Tom. Now, this is true in both the book and film from my understanding. Okay. I was so annoyed with him when they go to China. Mm-hmm. They talk to the Emperor King Man. Mm-hmm. And they're like, London has the Death Star. They're going to destroy and kill everybody here. And then the China Emperor Man mm-hmm. is like, all right, well, I really don't want to do this. I'm more about peaceful resolutions but we're gonna have to defend ourselves and stop london and then tom throws the biggest hissy (laughs) fit pout fest who is like no there's people there i know those people i know those people 
people. And it's like, but you're the one who, and he doesn't have, he doesn't, he doesn't offer up an alternative. No. It's not like he's like, no, there's, he doesn't know about the code yet. Mm-hmm. So it's one thing if he found out about the code and was like, wait, 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 don't do that. We have a code. And the emperor was like, too risky. Mm-hmm. We're just going to like destroy him. Yeah. Doesn't have that. No. It's just, please don't hurt them. Let them destroy you and me and everybody here. It makes zero sense. Yeah. Tom's not good out for war. That's what it comes down to. You know, he just can't make a decision. It's, it was very frustrating because he doesn't, like, along the way, he's kind of like, you know in Labyrinth how Sarah is kind of a brat for, like, most of the yes. movie? But, like, through teaming up and everything, she kind of, like, learns to lead the team and she kind of becomes less of a brat. Like, Tom's a brat the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. And then he sees a, a pilot's jacket Oh, and yeah. we were told at the beginning of the movie that he didn't want to be, or he like gave up pilot school to like <laughs> do toaster repair. Yes. And all his tur- his turn of character happens in the instant that he sees this pilot jacket. When he puts it on, he one becomes a pilot, yeah. capable of driving. <laughs> Fang airships. just lets him take over. He's never driven go, before. <laughs> And he's good at it. It's in your blood. Yeah. He's like, he's like totally like, you know, Jedi access skill set. Mm-hmm. And like, that's it. And then from there on, he can, he like just, he supers everybody's authority and just like, here's what we're doing. We're shooting out all the turrets for the London and then we're going to put the little key thing, dismantle the Medusa bombs. Like, when did you get this? You went from being, like, such a piece of shit yeah. to, like, the most assertive character. It's like, well, I, I don't know if I should listen to you, but you do have a rad jacket on, so... Yeah, man. What brings us to Star Wars. This mm. is the biggest hack writing of them all. Yeah. The movie just becomes Star Wars. So, end. example one, Tom is basically Luke Han Solo, where, you know, Luke wants to be a pilot too, right? Isn't that part of it? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. And then Han Solo is obviously a pilot. Well, isn't Fang Han Solo? Fang's yeah. more like Han Solo. Yeah, yeah, because she has her own ship, which I mentioned to you guys, is in every book. She's got like it's, the Millennium it's Falcon. Tailspin. It's, yeah, it's her Millennium Falcon. So okay. yeah, she's Han Solo. This dude is Luke. But then when he puts on the jacket, there was like a choice of four colors. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, don't pick the Han Solo one. Don't pick the Han Solo <laughs> one. And then they just like pick the Han Solo one. It was like, did you need to make it that obvious? It did seem like they were proud of how the movie just started parodying Star Wars. Yeah. Like the full on scrambling of the X Wings mm-hmm. and like just the cinematography for how that played out. Like Wedge driving into the Death Star oh, and things God. like that. Yeah, you just are doing Star Wars. This is insane it was frustrating too that we spent so much time with the airships yeah and when the movie's called mortal engines and promoting these city monster trucks and we get one scene with that yeah but all of these x fighters we have and the blimp city just hanging out up there for a good 20 minutes well lando that's yeah. lando city yeah. cloud city yeah oh yeah maybe fang is lando they're kind of a mix. Like, they can't decide. <laughs> so, like, yeah, who's Luke and Han? Well, that's a new character, right? Mm. Uh, um. We have... Uh, so, when she falls down the chute, that's very Star Wars. Yeah. 
the family ties, obviously. Mm-hmm. She's like the half sister. Yeah. But they don't really um, hammer in in the movie. It's just like at one point, Valentine's like, "I'm your father." Yeah. I mean, and then that would like there's no reaction to it. That was another weird wink of the camera, or or wink at the camera, where they're like, kind of having their showdown, and he's like, "Isn't it obvious?" And like the whole audience goes, (laughs) (laughs) "You know, I visited your mom every weekend. We were we weren't just playing hide and seek in that bedroom. (laughs) We're making you, motherfucker." Like, it's so stupid that they have to just acknowledge it just as stupid as it is and be like, well, that might be your dad. Like, <laughs> yeah, but she doesn't seem to care. No. And, 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 and Catherine doesn't seem to care when they have to, like, defeat her dad. Like, she's cool with it, too. Like, yeah, he's just kind of like a bad guy, bad guy, no dimensionality. But also not scary or threatening, really. I mean, he just has... He's a guy with a big, dangerous Medusa bomb, and... And apparently amazing sword skills, because he goes toe-to-toe with Fang in what you think would just be her slaughtering him. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's injured during that scene, too. They both get, like, stabbed in the stomach or something. Yeah, so it's like, even, like, he's weakened. Yeah. And well, he, he has the whole, the whole movie. He's been stabbed by Hester right for the jump at the very beginning. And he's fine, so maybe he got oh, to be the mayor because he just is like unkillable. <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah, it's just like you you write this character who's like I'm a, I'm a super badass. I when you when I die, scatter my ashes on the wind. I don't give a fuck. I'm a kamikaze pilot. I'll <laughs> I will go in there. I will wreck shop. Let me at him, I'll splat him. And then she can't even hold her own sword fighting this old man. She's thinking about if she needs to put in more bids on her eBay auctions. Yeah. Just really, really hack. And I can't, what happens after that? He stabs her, drops her off of the balcony thing. Mm -hmm. But she's like, not... No, I'm not going to die in vain because your daughter just dismantled your dumb bomb. And he's like, oh, no. And then he runs out of there and, like, he's like, Catherine, we got to go. And she's like, you're not my father, Todd. And then he gets in a plane. He's like, I'm going to do this myself. Like, Yeah, he tries to, like, ram into the wall once they, like, disable it. So his plan is... He's aban- his machine is dying. He's, he's abandoned by everyone that he cares about. And he's like, I'm going to single-handedly smash this wall so I can what? Like, what's his plan? Just take all the resources on his shoulder? It's just a stubborn motherfucker. He's just a stubborn motherfucker. <laughs> so dumb. Just, the movie becomes just this like the action figure game where like nobody has a purpose or like a continuity so I started to try to look at like what people had said about this movie after we watched it and like reviews yeah mm-hmm. like not even official reviews just like reading comments on internet yeah. and I saw too many people saying that it was awesome and I just gave up I was like I'm not reading anymore yeah I, I think <laughs> I went through Reddit's review mm-hmm. and there were a lot of positive yeah I was so confused but I mean Rotten Tomatoes Gave it a 28%. Okay. 
the average rating on there was 4.9 out of 10. It, and I was, I was telling you guys, it seems like even like reading the Wikipedia's of this book, it doesn't seem like the book is that much better. But even yeah. the book readers were like, "You, you dicks destroyed my movie." Yeah. <laughs> and if like the, the book readers of Mortal Engines is like thinking you messed up their movie, then you've blown it. You really messed up. Yeah. I guess we could just keep talking about what happened in the movie, but that's kind of pointless. Yeah. I am kind of curious, now that we're kind of close to an hour, what are the other books about? Right. I will try my best to go through this, because again, I took notes. So basically, the main difference between the film and the book is the, at the end of the book, London is completely destroyed. Boom. And it's just Hester and uh, London is destroyed and the people are dead? I think so. London Knights, Londoners? Yeah, it it like explodes. Oh, cool. Um, And so through the wreckage, later in the books, through the wreckage of London, emerges a new London. Okay. Um, But basically Tom... Wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The books get crazy. What's crazy about the other... Like where it crashed... It just kind of was like... Yeah, so it's like... People down below were like, I'm going to make a new one. (laughs) It's like when you take your Legos apart and you just rebuild it. It's crazy to me that... uh, We'll dig our way out of this mess. (laughs) So there's four books, and like basically they all jump ahead. And like so all the characters in this first movie, this first book, like are gone. What? It's just Tom and Hester. So in book two, Predator's Gold... It takes place two years after Mortal Engines. So Anchorage is a city that is setting course for North America. So we're finding out that the North America may not be as dead as we thought it was. Oh, interesting. Did Anchorage get dislocated from North America at some point? It's like a floating... So Anchorage, once a thriving traction city that relied primarily upon trade. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> the oceans dry up? No, because remember there's ocean. Yeah. No. Hey, what's <laughs> happening? Look, Anchorage is some sort of flying or movable city, okay. and it's going to North America, which was thought to be a radioactive Maybe wasteland. Maybe it's an amphibious city. <laughs> yeah. That would be... Well, no, there is that. We'll, we'll get to that. Okay. So Hester is jealous of Tom's relationship with like the ruler of Anchorage. So there's kind of some drama What's there. That relationship. <laughs> uh, ruler of Anchorage. I keep seeing on your text message thread, Tom. So another part of book two, Predator's Gold, <laughs> is they find Fang's body and they turn her into a stalker. Oh, that goes against her wishes. Yeah. She was very specific about what to do with her remains. Yeah. When Anchorage gets to North America, they find it very lush. So they were lied to. It was, there's actually a part of North America that was thriving. Are we to presume that America is where the 60-minute war detonation originated? It must have been. Uh, Well, again... It was like earthquakes and volcanoes okay. yeah. and like natural disasters. So yeah, God's caldera. What? Perhaps the Yellowstone caldera. Oh. <laughs> if we're trying to ground this in reality, that's yeah. where my mind goes. But. Maybe the 
Bellingham windstorms. Or the fucking tornado in Port Orchard. My hometown Port Orchard had a tornado. This week? Yeah. Recently. Like last week or something. And now it's on wheels. It's <laughs> Port Orchard is fully torn up. I once convinced a friend in college that uh, Port Orchard was a like houseboat town. Nice. Like it was just water and there's only houseboats. <laughs> and we all got him to believe it for quite a long time. Anyways, so uh, Fang is now... A stalker. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else happens? Do they ever explain what the like so that all these stalkers were like a part of this army? I think there's a prequel series of three books that go into that. Okay, so like the wars that those things were built for. And I stuff. think so. Interesting. Uh, and the book ends with Hester being pregnant. Just oh. being that. This that that's like the end. The immaculate and, conception. No, with Tom. Silly. Tom's baby. Okay. Book three, Infernal Devices. Now we jump 16 years after the events of Predator's Gold. Young adult novel, the baby's 16 years old. Exactly. We've got a new hero. See, that's what's weird is that the books change characters and perspectives so much, it seems like it would be really strange to read. a cool thing to do if you had strong, interesting, diverse characters, but well, out. Basically... Um, uh, they have a kid, a teenage daughter named Wren, R W R E N. Wren. Excuse me? Yeah. Kylo Wren? <laughs> Kylo Wren. The Lost Boys from Book Two, who are from a sunken city, are looking for the Tin Book, which contains activation codes for the final remaining like orbital weapons. Ooh, the so weapons. Now we're gonna have a space war. So basically, <laughs> this is Force uh, Awakens. This no. is Force Awakens <laughs> because they make a bigger, badder uh, Death Star. <laughs> the stalker Shrek, mm-hmm. who was after Hester in the first book, is reconstructed. Oh, what back that from mean? the dead. What does that mean? They Re- found his body and brought him back. Yep. Okay. Like by the good guys or the bad guys? Uh, I think from a bad guy. Okay. Because the ver- the person brings back Shrek to take out Cyborg Fang. What? Okay. Okay, so it's like a Superman versus Doomsday scenario. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, can I side note something really yes. quick? Um, so there's all these flashbacks of Shrek and Hester in his little bunker mm-hmm. where he's got all these broken toys and they narrate yep. that he has this yep. fascination with like assembling things and he's kind of like the toy maker in Blade Runner or whatever mm-hmm. yeah. and they keep cutting to a very like art directedly decisively funny looking picture of a baby and a man yes mm-hmm. do you remember like the baby kind of yeah. looks malformed a little bit yeah. and the man kind of looks kind of goofy uh-huh. I thought <laughs> that and I know they were trying to kind of like goo the lens to be like, well, who is that? Like, yeah, yeah. so you don't know or whatever. I thought they were trying to say that the that Shrek was the baby, right? <laughs> because the baby is very prominent and red in the photo, and it's like, yeah, it's trying to imprint the baby, not the man who's holding yeah. the baby. No, I think that that's the void in his heart. You know, he, he used to have a baby died. That, okay. that lived with but him, but he remembers it into his death. I that you, way more. Scarce. I remember you saying that, but we were like discussing so much, I didn't even have time to like 
Debate my fanfic theory. <laughs> yeah, but I loved that you that that was well, your interpretation. Okay, so then here was where my mind went for that character, and maybe why I was kind of like into how he died and that whole scene. I was kind of like, oh, this is kind of funny. Is I thought he was trying to preserve Hester to be his mom because he just wanted <laughs> to be a little baby man. <laughs> He's like someone playing with all the toys. He's yeah. on a quest to get yeah. his mom back. She's just a giant uh, cyborg man-child yeah. who's like, I just want to be a kid. Will you be my yeah, mommy? That's why he throws those temper tantrums. Yeah, and I, I was like, oh, that's kind of that's kind of clever because like what and, a like behind this like absolute like mechanized machismo is yeah. like a guy who's like just will destroy anything to get his mom back. But, like, that's so that's good. Not what it was. Instead of Hester, he's just yelling, "Mommy, yeah. mommy." Oh, man. Okay, back to book three, the infernal devices. <laughs> He's brought back to fight Fang. In yes, this, yes. Where we left off. And Fang finds the book and memorizes the codes. And then Zero, who is the creator who brought back Shrek, commands him to kill Fang. And he does. Because Fang will kill thousands with the codes okay and she's scattered across the coastline of africa and suddenly shrek remembers hester and then shrek finds hester's body who was in some big war Mm. and he takes her body and they and they go into the sahara desert together okay cliffhanger yeah, and he fucks the body. Um, <laughs> that's not a question. And then one of the lost boys, who is from the sunken city, Fishcake, encounters Fishcake. the remains of the cyborg Fang's body and rebuilds her. She was scattered all up the coast. Yeah, he got he got them all. It was like the Iron Giant collect them all. <laughs> all right, book four, the. Finale to this epic series, The Hungry City Chronicles, a darkling plane. Darkling. Darkling duck. What is, yeah, what does that mean? What does a darkling Dark. plane mean? Sounds bad, I'll, I'll tell you that. All these titles are awful. It sounds really bad. So this is six months after the events like of Infernal Devices. Great grandma would say. Yeah. <laughs> also, listeners, if this is boring to you, I'm sorry, but I did a lot of research, so I'm gonna just spew it. Yeah, you deserve this. <laughs> I was just so curious after watching this movie. I was like, what is this book series? Where does it go? Yeah. It's such a crazy premise. Because it leaves behind its cruel premise immediately yeah and it does, seems like in the books too there's not a lot of city eating going on either yeah so i don't even know why that's your premise when you obviously wanted to tell some other weird <laughs> stories it's just act come amalgamation of all your favorite fantasy films so hester and shrek are together and he's unable to kill something because of his creator's tampering. So they're gonna go find the creator of him to like get rid of this. Turn him into a kill master. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why Hester is down with this plan, but yeah, we gotta get Shrek killing him. Uh-huh. Tom and his daughter discover that there are survivors of Medusa and they have rebuilt a new London in its ashes. Good God. Is it a, a, a 
criminal that they didn't use London Calling as the trailer's mm. like emo theme cover. They should have. Well, yeah, well, they probably don't even know that song. <laughs> Lost opportunity. So it gets better. New London has no wheels. They have invented magnetic levitation so it can float above the ground. <laughs> and the run of water and you got power. And the explanation is so it's less harmful to the environment. Alright. Oh so it's it's an environmentalist city. That's what again, Sean, like your complaint about the first film is like what's his message with yeah. like these cities and how it happened? It's not even like this where it's like, is it like an environmental yeah. message or no, it's nothing. It's none of the above. Hey. Which kind of makes it amazing that it doesn't, like, just fall down the stairs and land on its head. It, like, lands everywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, but is it, like, one of those things where it's, like, rather than, like, going hard in one direction, like, yeah, this environmental movie, it decides to go, like, attach its flag to no one. I guess, but... It seems like the cowardly way to go about it. It does. It's and it, it would be so easy to be like, you know, just putting in these little fortune cookie like little things of like, you know, Easter eggs of like, oh well maybe I can read into this scene a little bit more mm-hmm. and like go down that rabbit hole. But th- it's not. It's too stick and move to even have everything these, like, was just like we're gonna smash you in the face with what's happening here. Yeah, we're gonna tell we're gonna show you what happened, but then we're gonna be like and this. Is what happened again? Just Don't forget. Right. Here's what it. Here's here's what everybody's thinking. Mm-hmm. There's no ambiguity. Yeah, yeah. Subtlety is out the window. Pandora's box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get it? USA Medusa. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I forgot about that because one of them said USA yeah. and the other one said Med, and so when they put Med it together, USA. That was so dumb. Okay, so we're back with the stalker Fang who has been rebuilt. Mm-hmm. Now she has split personalities where one of her sides is the caring human side of her and the other side is the killing cyborg so like shrek same same dichotomy is that just a function of these killing machines as they all remember their childhood and have a longing for like connection and compassion and empathy yeah so they find the So the nuclear, the orbital defense initiative mm-hmm. is what they're calling the weapon in the sky, and they codename it Odin. Oh, I was hoping mm. it was maybe ODB. <laughs> uh, so it's fired upon Manchester and other cities by Fang. <laughs> One of the places she targets is a volcano. Why not? <laughs> More volcano. Hey, what's her motivation? Not? What's the Fang robot's motivation? We know. Motivation sounds like too many syllables for for this movie to understand. There's like a whole subplot, it seems like. Basically, Fang is trying to destroy everyone so humanity can be wiped out and that the Earth can go back to, like, its green nature self. Ferngully. Mm. She wants Ferngully. She wants Ferngully is her motivation. As a robot zombie. Yeah. As a robot zombie, yeah, right? 
these machines have great connection to uh, ecology. Hmm. So Hester meets up with her and convinces the good side of it to like self-destruct the weapon. Mm-hmm. And Fang is killed before she knows what happens. And Hester realizes that she did order Odin to destroy itself. So oh, see, the good side went out. Uh, Unless you're Odin. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> so Tom and Hester are on Odin that's about to be destroyed. And then Fishcake decides to leave them behind as revenge for them leaving him on some other city. So Hester and Tom end up dying in the last spoilers, in the last book. Fish cake! With Tom dying first, and then Hester committing suicide shortly after. Isn't Odin exploding? Yeah. So that seemed unnecessary. See, that's Romeo and Juliet. I guess. Apparently Mortal Engines is a Shakespeare reference, so Uh this guy's just borrowing. Yeah, all over the place. That's dumb. This is dumb. (laughs) I just decided that Mortal Engines is dumb. Uh, Okay, and here's the last last part of the book. So kind of a wrap-up. New London thrives... Shrek finds Tom and Hester's bodies and can turn and considers turning them into robots, but decides against it because they're holding hands together. So they would not make good robots? Because <laughs> they were in love, Sean, and that's his one re- weakness, remember? That's what robots do, they love. <laughs> robots dig down deep if, after If that. I know anything about robots, <laughs> is that they always love. <laughs> yeah, remember the Killbots and Chopping Mall? <laughs> they love their job. Then Shrek remembers his two lost children. So in the book, he has two children, I guess. And then he sits down in front of Hester and Tom and just, like, turns off, like, goes into hibernation. Mm -hmm. And during this time, their bodies decompose. A tree comes, grows out of them. Sure, why not? <laughs> and, and so thousands of years have now gone by with the robot uh, in this self-destruct mode. And then he wakes up. face right now. <laughs> so taxed by this. this. No, it gets better. The finale of this book is incredible. I kind of just want to read okay. this. Shrek discovers that a whole forest has grown around him. And then a boy and a girl come and take him to the village. And he finds out that everyone thought he was some sort of old shrine, like the minions, I guess. And that they were hanging flowers on him for luck. Then he finds out that the village was using the anti-gravity hover technology that New London invented. And that was like a savior for the city, I guess. When he talks about the mortal engine, like, wars, the people are like, oh, I thought those were just fairy tales. And the idea is, like, ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) That is the first bit of author commentary. (laughs) As his last, like, drop the mic. And so then the people ask, like, well... Who are you? Like, what are you? And he says, he's a remembering machine. Mm -hmm. And they go, well, tell us your story. 
And then he speaks. So the ending of the book is him speaking the first lines of He's Mortal of Mortal Engines. Oh man! So it all begins again comes for a full circle. Full circle. Full circle, Jerry. So that was all of the Hungry Cindy Chronicles. Hungry Hippo City Chronicles. <laughs> yes, yeah, spoiler now, alert. Now we know why Peter Jackson was so hungry to get mm-hmm. these properties. Yeah, to tell this story. Can you imagine them trying to make these four books into a movie? Well, not after losing $100 million. No. But, I, but even if the same Mortal Engines was successful, mm-hmm. how do you turn those books, especially since they jump so far ahead? Yeah. And there's brand new characters. So I, having not been an avid follower of Hunger Games and and Harry Potter, which yeah. these are the other Scholastic book series that are just like the pinnacle ones. Those do have a very continuous yes storyline. Hunger Games is a great example because it's like her. Like living a simple life, I mean, not simple. It's, it's she's being like tortured and right. it's awful. But she's you know this trying to survive to her being ri- risen up into like this nat- national like figurehead for the rebellion right. that she does not want, and then it's like following her as she has to like take down the establishment, which has been like established in book one. So like book one, two, and three, they're fast paced and it's like a clear like. I know who these people are. Let's get it. Reading, again, if you've read these books, I probably, like, butchered it. This is, like, the ultimate game of telephone me. Yeah. Like, delivering the Wikipedia notes of what happened. But the storyline in these books is so all over the place. Yeah. And doesn't seem to have, like, a through line. And But it seems to be very proud of that. Like, this is how we're yeah. going to buck the trend. Like, But then it ends with... <laughs> but then it ends with it starting from the beginning. It's just an endless cycle, man. Every story tells a picture. So says Rod Stewart. <laughs> uh, I don't like it. I have to pee so bad. Uh-oh. I, I thought we could wrap up, but I don't want to piss myself. Huh? You guys keep talking. Sure. If they made a flick series about this, or like some kind of like series of YouTube... <laughs> I don't know what's how this could like... Uh, it would be, yeah, it would be just as silly as like Walking Dead. Just like this endless like... Just trot through the void for no good reason. The whole thing, the the movie felt like it was like created by committee. Like there were there were so many elements of just like really obvious pandering to the audience that you it it had to be like every single thing was being debated by like 12 people of whom like maybe three of them were good at like coming up with ideas do you think this author uh whatever the fuck his name is like he's got a bunch of kids and and he's just like all right kids i'm gonna tell you a bedtime story what should it be about robot cities okay cool and who should be the main character a scarface and okay and then what should they do uh, robots no zombies i saw terminator this morning robots and zombies. yeah how about robots and, everybody gets what they want and just tethered together like a lady in the water scenario and 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 he's like yeah this is you get what you get when you source your 
your uh, creativity from zombie children. This this is the entertainment you deserve. It's the whole thing is a commentary on crowdfunding mm-hmm. and, and 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 group sourcing yeah. uh, art. Uh, which is a which is uh, you know it's not going to pan out for us. I think is what he's trying to say. Yeah, yeah, I agree. it out. I did agree. you wash your hands? I did very quickly. <laughs> you gotta sing happy birthday while you wash your hands. <clears throat> oh no, I did not do that part. Mm-hmm. I did the quick version. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> to you. <laughs> do you remember that from Community? <laughs> Why did they just say to you? <laughs> Okay, lastly, what could save this movie? Peter Jackson couldn't do it. Man, well... Is there anything that could have made this movie work? If it was animated and not live action... I think we mentioned that. it could have been, like, less annoying in the sense of just the absurdity of what was happening in front of you. Just like... If it was like a, so cheesy, a Miyazaki so anime or something, where you could kind of lean into the steampunkiness of just like the atmosphere mm-hmm. and kind of have this ethereal plot and these very yeah. basic characters, yeah. but like very cutesy score and, yeah. and yeah. design to kind of tie it all together. Yeah, I could see it being like. Adorable. It needs to be reworked because even. No, the... I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, even the book, in the sense that I wanted more Mad Max than I did Star Wars. Yes. And even in the book, there wasn't a lot of city hunting. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it should have been. At least what I would have wanted with like each country kind of having its own theme and strategy mm-hmm. and how it maneuvers and weapons. Yeah. That would have been so interesting to see like them going at each other. Like robot jocks with or robo jocks with cities. Yeah. Yeah, like risk. Yeah. Like a really like Risk 2000 or something. But then how do you tie in the YA element? Because that's the thing is like, yeah. with this premise, you're kind of like, oh, that's just a fun social commentary movie. That could be a cool dystopian, like, Black Mirrors episode or whatever. Mm-hmm. But to satisfy this, like, teenage coming of age, you know, uh, what's the other one? Detritus or de- Defiant? De- de- What's the other YA series that tanked and the only two Divergent. 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 Yeah. And uh, the Maze Runner. Yeah. Maze All these Runner. movies. Yeah. They're they, just not catching. The like the 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 and what was the other one with the um that just came out and tanked? It was like much smaller budget. It was the kids had superpowers. Is that the house with the clocks in the wall? No. Um. Not that. Not R. L. Stein YA, but like. One step up, where it was like all it was like kind of an X Men. Yeah, kind of I saw all. the trailer for that, but I, I yeah. Don't know the fuck is this called. movie? Uh, uh, new Mutants. It's like a it's New Mutants kind yeah. of thing. It was just like, oh, we're we're kids who all have these superpowers, and we got to kind of keep it on the down low. And they made it up for a much lower budget. It was kind of like kin level budget. Okay. Um, and then this kind of uprising occurs or whatever, and it's like, okay, that's cool because it's like it's got that you've got the built-in X-Men puberty analogy, great, fun. But like with this one, it's like, okay, there's, I don't know how to tie in like municipality and like plot, like adult <laughs> politics and like yeah. emperoring and stuff like that to like high school kid shit. Here's here's my pitch, and maybe some of it will touch upon that. Mm. One. I feel like it needs a more clear message. And I think Tom and Hester can kind of like c- capture 
what that message is. But I was thinking, okay, you have China and their wall, right? Mm-hmm. And they're refusing to let anyone in. And maybe they've tried to let people in before, but that either they betrayed them or, you know, something happened bad where they're like, fuck that. Mm-hmm. This is the last of humanity. Like, this is a matter of, like, survival of all humans. We got to play it safe. Nobody's in. We'll let the other cities play Twisted Metal <laughs> until, like, that calms down. And then you have some sympathy, too, for, like, London and the other cities because they're, like, the struggling to survive. And so, and you understand, like, why they want the wall down yeah. a little more. So there's, no one's really a good guy. No one's really the bad guy. And I think our heroes, Tom and Hester, are the ones who are like, fuck this. I don't like China's way. I don't like London's way. Whatever we come up with, it needs to be something new. So maybe Hester at first is still like kind of the badass who's like, fuck it, let them destroy each other. Yeah. And like Tom is still kind of like the more idolistic, naive, like, no, 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 we can we can make this work. Like, we need to survive. I got I, I, I got this. Yeah, yeah, go for it. But I mean, that's all great groundwork. It's just that I'm just going to slam alley with this. Yeah, yeah. So, so we have many more city, city, mechanized cities, and we kind of tell the story in like a slice of life kind of thing where it's like, what's going on in Hester's town? What's going on in Tom's town? What's going on in these other teen side characters' towns? The youth is represented as our inroad to each city. So you yes. get to see how like each city functions economically and everything politically through the teen eyes, which is kind of fun because they can kind of have their own punk rock like aesthetic towards mm-hmm. being anti-establishment because they're young. And it's kind of like they're never going to converge. But then when the battles start occurring and the cities get mm-hmm. taken over and eaten, then they are adopted into each other's cities. And eventually they're all in the same... City. Well, and then we got like a Misfits toy sort yeah, of situation yeah. going on. And then all these kids kind of get together miraculously through their anti-establishmentness and their non-nationalistic ties to be like, we got to find this other way. Well, the thing is, is it's been so many hundreds of years and this, the thing that they kind of drop the ball on is this concept of like, we don't preserve history well. Yes. So this concept of there was ever any like anti-tractioning mm-hmm. is like, no, we they, everybody thinks like it's been propagated by this like conspiracy like we've always been these roving cities there was never any like any uh, terraforming or whatever like in book four where the guy's like oh I thought the I thought that was all fairy tales yeah exactly but then the fairy tale is like no it's like they, we keep it under wraps that there was ever like that there was water there was fresh water and there was the ability to farm and agriculture anything like that and these kids kind of like that have to like crack the system to be like, mm-hmm. oh, we can just go out into this wasteland that's actually not a wasteland. It's totally inhabitable. Mm-hmm. And then they go out and like the end is that they kind of forge their own society away from these things as they like drive away. They kind of like, like that. plant a tree or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it gets back to primitivism and whatever and like more tribal kind of egalitarianism or whatever and away from these like consuming we don't want to live in this city anymore we yeah. want to be farmers yeah well and then even the end you could have them still going off like say hester or some of our team survives and they're like you know where we need to go america bam sequel yeah it's like fuck i saw america was destroyed they're gonna 
America. Yeah, I love that. I wanted to rework the Terminator story mm-hmm. because I feel like that character had potential, mm-hmm. and he was definitely kind of like a more interesting part of the movie. Yeah, even though it was really weird to have him in there, <laughs> but I feel like he could work. One, the promise is dumb that she agreed to do this, mm-hmm. and like he—that's his main reason for wanting to kill her because mm-hmm. you broke my promise. So he brings her in when she's she's young. And his mission, because his dumb robot mind is like, well, I need to protect her. Mm-hmm. I need to protect her. And I will go, no matter the cost, I will protect her. And so when she runs away and she makes these other friends, he confuses this like, no, these people are dangerous. Like, I need to protect you no matter what. Mm-hmm. So he's like still coming after her. And he's like trying to kill even the good people she's with. Because he's like, well, no, that's my job. I'm the lone protector. He's like a helicopter parent who's (laughs) actually shooting people out of a helicopter. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that can kind of tie in with his kid story where, like, Mm -hmm. he failed to protect his child. And now he's, like, machine-like and, like, I will protect at all costs. And you can have, like, a similar, like, ending finale with him where... There's like some sort of sac- like self sacrifice or something. Wait, wait, why doesn't he just snatch her up and take her somewhere all along? Why is he like coming in out of the bushes to like? Well, her? I think she's running away from him. Okay. She's like, I I got these friends. So it's you Terminator. Yeah, yeah. I don't need protection yeah. anymore. Okay. Like at first, I was like you when I was like my mom was died and I had a very bleak you know view of the world yeah but now i've made some friends get off my back yeah leave me alone mom yeah Yeah. something like that something that's not you broke your promise that i could turn you into a robot person (laughs) now i must kill you (laughs) i was just looking at text messages from the other night um when i was checking to see if we were on for this movie Uh it popped into my head i was like so are we on for the 905 showing? And you said, does a choo-choo train city steamroll the po- the post-apocalyptic wasteland? No, it does, it does not. Does not. Not actually. <laughs> doesn't actually do that. Oh, I'm, so, I'm I'm disappointed in us that we didn't cosplay for the mm. opening night. We should have. <laughs> she dressed up as our favorite city and on been on roller skates. <laughs> That's what it is. It's a roller skate movie. Ah, it's just a roller skate yeah, tournament yeah. where everyone's from a different city, and so they have a little sash that's just like Seattle or whatever. And then it's just it's just a rat pink roller skate movie. Yeah, it should have been a roller yeah. derby movie. Mm-hmm. There. In the trailer, we did Home Alone it, and I feel like it's still probably the best idea where monsters were attacking the cities mm. and so that's why they became on wheels yeah, to get away from the yeah, monsters the yeah. and then to eventually like hunt the monsters that's okay. a better movie it's a better movie check out that episode <laughs> <laughs> alright do we have any final thoughts I mean thank you if you stuck around for this yeah like, unnecessary episode but it's, just, it's a really weird movie There's it's a, lot a weird unpack. movie it was fun to experience and then to, I think, dive into this whole world. Because yeah. it's not just a movie. Like, sometimes you see a bad movie and you go, like Sherlock Holmes movie, mm-hmm. the Holmes and Watson that's out now, has like a 2% uh, rating. Even Netflix didn't want it. 
like just bombed. Like that's a bad movie. We all know it's a bad movie. Like end of story. Yeah. But Mortal Engines, it's Peter Jackson. It's so much history with the books and uh, and and everything else that is like there's so much attached to this world that I want to dive in. Well, I'll say this: I Spider Verse and I Aquaman this week, and. Maybe we'll talk about Spider-Verse another time, but Mm -hmm. if you were going to the movies this weekend and you were like, hmm, Mortal Engines or Aquaman, I would say go see Mortal Engines. (laughs) Well, the people spoke because I believe Mortal Engines opened with that Spider-Man movie. Oh, yeah. And like... Bad call. (laughs) Bad call, because even, uh, you know, yeah. But just like on account of like both are bad movies, but with Aquaman, you're just like... Really, I don't need anything I'm seeing here. Like, it's, 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 there's nothing uh, that you couldn't glean from the trailer. And with Mortal Engines, it's so not what you get from the trailer that you're kind of just going to be potentially more entertained by the, like, what the fuck moments. Yeah. There was a lot of laughing at the things that were not intended to be funny in the movie. And when something costs that much money and ends up being a joke on itself or, like, you laugh at it, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a, you know, it's kind of a room scenario. Like, you only get those every couple years where someone works really hard on something and you laugh at it. And that's very entertaining when it's when it's unironic and unintentional. Although it's... Uh, uh, Yes, but I'm, I I'm, I would also be hard to recommend this movie as even a bad movie to go see. You know what? Boring movie. Because this is boring. Yeah. And they like, don't make good on the like the spectacular like scenes that you get from the trailer. It's not that the whole way through. It's, it's like the first fifteen minutes. The first ten minutes. Yeah. yeah if but, the whole movie again was the first fifteen minutes. It would have been bad, but it would have been like exciting, exciting, bad yeah. car watch, or like car crash. I need to look at this bad. Yeah. But this, like, with the political stuff and so many storylines that you don't care about, yeah. it's just like weird, half-hearted jokes scattered everywhere. Yeah, it's it's not cult movie status bad, but it is kind of funny how it's not what they sold you and it's just kind of yes. sometimes it's fun to like chew on a burger and be like oh there's rat turds in this oh my god <laughs> like you know like your your disappointment level is the entertainment is worth the price of admission it's, it's almost like yeah they tricked us the audience mm-hmm. and you almost have to chuckle and be like <laughs> well yep you, you, got you got me <laughs> you got me I was an idiot and you got me but good on you because I did not see that coming. But my caveat being like, do you want another Aquaman or do you want a, one of these sequel movies to come out because they sound way more interesting yeah. than another Aquaman or Venom or Spider-Verse. <sighs> All right. No, any final shot thoughts? Oh, let's see. There was uh, so many different things that were just confounding throughout the whole the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was exhausting. I definitely, I definitely, you know, at about probably a half hour towards the end, I caught myself kind of like 
Honestly, you talking about this conversation or the movie? Uh, the movie. I've been awake here the whole time. Yeah, that's what you say. I do want to say, yeah, also, people listening to this episode, as going long and just droning on about the books and this mm. way too old movie now to be talking about, like, that's just like a meta commentary on the film itself. Maybe you should use this episode as a. Like wizard people, dear readers, kind of like alternative commentary to when the movie comes out on mm-hmm. DVD. Just turn it on. Just yeah. play this play episode. This Watch the movie <laughs> during the two-hour movie. You want some stuff? It's yeah. It's very dark side of the movie. See if I'm eating the cookie while one of the characters is mumbling and that like syncs up really well. It's when they eat in the tranky, you're <laughs> eating the cookie. It's like oh shit! Wow, it landed. It's really good. The eBay joke probably lines up right about with when they make the eBay joke. Yeah, probably. We talked about it. Yeah, and, and you probably took a pee right when the robot died. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because you might as well just take a bathroom break during mm-hmm. that scene. <laughs> All right. Well, let's do a final rating of the film. Noel, you gave it in space with zombies. Middle of the road. So did I. Sean, you gave the trailer. I love robots. What about the film? I'm not. I'm unchanged. I still yeah. love robots, but. I say see it over Aquaman. I love robots, but not robot zombies. <laughs> and I have to, I'm with you, I'm bumping it down. I love robots, it's, it disappointed me. Yeah. The trailer tricked me into thinking at least I'll get Waterworld, Battlefield mm-hmm. Earth, and I got, what did I get? I don't even know. Like if you took a couple of like big budget movies from the past five years and just threw them against a wall, yeah. and then just kind of like picked up some of the pieces without really looking, yeah. and just threw them into a bucket, and then like just came to the movie theater and like threw that bucket in someone's face. <laughs> that was that's kind of when it happened. <laughs> it's, a, it's just a Gallagher set, mm-hmm. just chunks of watermelon flying <laughs> at you. Uh, well, before we wrap up, for those of you who survived this, here's a sneak peek. Sean and I are going to be starting season two of Movie Babies. Hopefully. Well, it's in the works. If we say it, you have to hold us to it when you see us on the street. Yeah. Like, Where's that season two? Season two, new segment, new... Characters. New characters. Mm-hmm. The Muppets went from animated to CGI. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have uh, uh, our little uh, animated uh, little baby cousin come mm-hmm. in and uh, provide commentary as a character who's gonna entice new younger listenership. Lots of ideas, much like Mortar Engine. <laughs> will we share a little follow through? <laughs> will we, will we uh, find a similar fate? Yeah, probably. We don't know. Movie Baby Engine. You can find all Movie Baby stuff at our website, moviebabies.com. Thanks to Noel for our guest and the happy place as our setting. Happy to be here. Oh. <laughs> That's even better. And Noel and Sean, yeah. when you don't have time for a two hour and eight minute movie, choo <laughs> choo! Because that's the Movie Babies. 